This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. Here's Eric Zachary. Today, let's list it out. Singer, songwriter, actress, philanthropist, all-around good person, also most recently named a UNICEF ambassador, Sophia Carson. Hello. Hi. Thank you for that introduction. I have to hang out with you more often. I know. We, we, I'll just be your personal hype guy wherever <laughs> we go. You know, we walk into a room, I'll bring like a trumpet. We could do a Game of Thrones style. It'd be great. Done. Ditto. I'll do the same for yeah. you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, hey, real quick, obviously so much I want to talk to you about. You're doing so many cool things from a a philanthropy side, from the UNICEF side, uh, some of the projects on the acting side. But before all of that, let's talk the new single, He Loves Me, but it just came out a couple days ago. Kind of like a storyline follow-up to Fool's Gold uh, and as someone that you know, not too long ago went through uh, a a minute heartbreak. I'm there for you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, You know, it hits close to home and it's it's at its core what singing and songwriting is supposed to be, at least to me, and that's relatable. Thank you. You know, it's it's so cool whenever you pour your heart and soul into every aspect of, I guess, the storytelling. So I really appreciate when people connect to it because that's really... The only thing that matters, as long as one person connects to the story, then my job is done. Um, So thank you. It's been really exciting to see people's reactions. It's always a little scary, but thrilling at the same time. Now, originally, when you were talking about Fool's Gold that came out two months ago, you were saying it's the beginning of a love story. This seems to be a continuation of that. So is it is this an ever-developing plot line, or is there more that you can tell us? Potentially. It's definitely the beginning of a bigger story. So okay. I'm going to be super annoying and just tease that. <laughs> Hypothetically, it may be, maybe not. It's not, not Hypothetically, anything. Maybe double negatives. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> I should work with more double negatives that's a good one that's that's a great way to get out of interview questions as someone that i've had to do it too it's a good title too yeah see you're here for my emotional support i'm here for your hype man and your your interview navigations and we got this mutually beneficial for sure Perfect. Uh, when you put music out there i know there's kind of two takes that you can you can go with right one is i hope people connect to this because this is my story and i love to connect with my my fans or yeah. just fans of music in general or are you more the the latter case where it's you put it out there and it's no longer yours anymore it's it's theirs it's it's however they interpret it it's however someone needs it to live in their life uh, do you kind of live with uh, the connection or it's a gift to the audience wow i've never been asked that question I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'll take that as a good No, thing. no. I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. Wow. I would say, I mean, I'm thinking when I was in college and I was writing songs in my dorm with like my headphones, not to annoy my roommate, I had this songbook and I remember I wrote in it that my only wish is that for when people listen to my music, they hear their story in it. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it's, it's just a cool, honest place to come from. And, you know, it's, it's cool that you are able to recall that, too. You know, sometimes it can get a little crazy in this world, even, yeah. even when it's the, your passion and you do it day in and day out and, and yeah. we're all grateful for what we do. But it, it, can, it can get easy to, to lose that a little bit. So that's, that's very cool to hear. Thank you. So I guess that's where yeah. my heart goes. It's just for me, it's about telling my honest, genuine truth and then hoping that 
when you hear it or when my sister hears it or when, you know, a girl in some corner of the world hears it, that she hears her truth in it in some way, or it almost feels like you're singing about her. I think that's the beauty of it. Speaking of uh, girls all over the world, you know, what I think is a, a very cool point of today's social media time, at least one of the benefits, you know, in a world where we can easily poke holes in the negatives in it. Uh, TikTok, it's an amazing app for promotions of music, obviously. People make a dance to your song. It's a great way to share it out. And it's, it's cool as an artist, I'm sure, to see people coming up with their own creations based off of that. But as a philanthropist right, like yourself and as a UNICEF ambassador, how can social media uh, in today's day and age be used for good, in your opinion? Oh, gosh. I think it's such a powerful tool for good. I mean, just the connection that we have in social media is like nothing the world has ever experienced, mm -hmm. period. And I think we experienced the true power of that in the pandemic when we were all more physically divided than ever, yet perhaps never more connected. And that was purely because of our phones and how you would open Instagram and every single person, every single corner of the world was going through the exact same thing that you were. And all of a sudden you just felt less alone. And in terms of philanthropy, it's such a beautiful tool um, to share with the world, for instance, the work that UNICEF does. Like I, I traveled to Brazil two years ago, crazy how time flies. It feels like 2020 was like a gap year. I always think of, I say last year and I say 2019. Yeah. Um, two years ago, I flew to Brazil with UNICEF and it was my first field trip with them. And, um, you know, I shared all about it through social media. And that's where people learned of the young women in this small town in Brazil called Recife, who told me their stories of how their lives were literally saved not just changed by education and to be able to share that with the world and open people's eyes and then you see fans now wanting to get involved with unicef because they see the work that they do and for my birthdays instead of i don't know doing something else fans will host like fundraisers for unicef like it's such a beautiful such a beautiful thing that that's at our disposal yeah. for good you know i love that you quote audrey hepburn a lot as an influence obviously she was such a power player when it comes to getting UNICEF off the ground and, and someone that, you know, a lot of people still to this day look up to, you know, the legacy that she's left behind, especially in her your later half of her career. Myself, you know, my, my grandmother, my mom were pretty much the people that raised me. My, my grandmother actually looked a little bit like Audrey Hepburn back in the day. So I started to learn a lot about Audrey, you know, as someone going okay yeah. my grandma always tells this story of how she used to get into a nightclub because they thought she was audrey Hepburn. no way yeah they didn't have ids like what's a bouncer gonna do say no to audrey hepburn in the 50s absolutely not that is epic yeah so i i hear these stories i'm like okay well let's let's look past you know breakfast at tiffany's let's let's see who this person was correct um and it's just very very cool to see obviously the true heart that she continued on until you know I mean, it still continues on at this point, but as as a UNICEF ambassador officially now, which has still got to be such a cool title because you've been involved for years now. Wild. I mean, just before we started talking, when you're like, it's so cool to have an ambassador here. I was like, oh, my God, he's talking about yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was wild. Has it hit? I mean, obviously not fully yet, but, you know, there's there's such an extra level of responsibility, not that you don't seem up to the task, but to be a official UNICEF ambassador. I mean, you're following in the footsteps of some massively talented, passionate uh, extremely intelligent women that, you know, have set and paved the way. And, and now it's your turn to make a mark. What are the plans? I've always said that being a UNICEF ambassador, I say always, since I've been an ambassador, I've said that it is the greatest role that I will ever play and the greatest honor of my life. 
And I, just like you said that you have your mom and your grandmother to thank for your upbringing. My mom has been my everything, my whole entire world, you know, since I opened my eyes for the very first time. And she's the one who introduced me to Audrey Hepburn. And just like you said, to look past breakfast at Tiffany's, even though of course she loved Audrey for not only the, the incredible art that she put into the world and the icon that she was in terms of fashion, which I admire her for that as well. But she always taught me about Audrey the philanthropist, which like you said, not many people know that she was the first UNICEF ambassador and dedicated her life to giving back. And my mom always said that our greatest responsibility and the most important thing that we will ever do with our lives is to give. And I made a promise to myself when things first started changing for me, it was after the first descendants. And I realized, you know, that as much as I love everything that I do, the most important thing that I can ever do is use this platform to give back. And I promised that I would do that. Yeah. So in comes UNICEF and my work as an ambassador is, is truly dedicated to supporting UNICEF's work, but most especially focused on the education of young women around the world and shedding right. light on the importance of that, on access to equal education in countries where education is unfortunately not a right to make sure that it is an inalienable right for young women all around the world. And it's tremendously exciting to be able to be doing that with UNICEF, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, UNICEF 74 years in now, and obviously it's an ever-changing battle, uh, challenge, just mission in general, that's something that will ever be present, but especially now, you know, when we are entering both the most equitable social world that we've ever been in, but also it's still so, 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 so far to go. And you, you want to yeah. give kids a voice and specifically young girls the chance to basically just learn and, and learn to continue and be better and make our world better. I know. And it sounds so simple because you and I wouldn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Like I never had yeah. to think twice. You, you think it's second nature. Never had to think twice about going to school. So it's incredible mm -hmm. that yeah. for so many girls around, for millions of girls around the world, it's not even a part of the conversation. So to make it a part of the conversation, and you know, it's t time has proven and history has proven that when young women are educated, societies thrive. So it's, you know, it's exciting to see where we're going and to see a, a far more beautiful world. Yeah, so you, you've already been involved. You've already visited Brazil. Obviously, we had kind of the gap here. And now that we are starting to slowly just a little bit see a light at the end of the tunnel to be able to travel, being able to in-person um, support again, what are you looking forward to the most with UNICEF and your endeavors there? I can't wait to, to travel again. I was supposed to be in the Ivory Coast, I think the week that the pandemic hit a year ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I was supposed to be visiting this incredible community, which has built sustainable schools out of the trash that was polluting their water. And with these schools, they were going to educate their young girls and young boys as well. But it was this incredible mission that we were going to see and shed light on and learn about. So hopefully we can go back and and visit soon and i know that unicef's focus right now has been in vaccination distribution they are yeah you know obviously because as you know unicef vaccinates children all over the world millions of children on a year you know all year round so they have that um system set you know so they had it was easier yeah. for them to be able to distribute vaccines to third world countries where it's not as accessible so they're focused on that and i'm supporting them however i can in that way as well. And when you say vaccines too, you know, obviously all of our minds jump to, okay, COVID-19 vaccine. It's like, no, it goes COVID, much further than that. Basic, you know, we yeah. don't have 
uh, basic vaccine problems here, but that's something that they can only hope to. So, you know, when you're talking to someone that is very privileged and maybe they recognize it, maybe they're even self-educating and doing all the right things, you still don't think about, you know, how hard it is for for people all over the world to have these, again, what we consider basic needs. Uh, You know, instead you're staring at a computer screen going, how can I get a vaccine right now? And it almost becomes the new shoe drop. And that's not the point. That's it's like, okay, if you're having this level of like even slight annoyance, imagine not having basic necessities. Speaking of all the accomplishments and everything you've been into lately, obviously you had Songbird come out in December, a very heavy, close to home film, but also a romance story at its core. But now there's rumors, there's there's whispers that you're involved in new projects and that you might be producing on something as well as starring. Yes, it's really exciting. It's actually a project that is really close to home. It's a script that I've been developing with Liz Allen, who was my director for the pilot of Pretty Little Liars mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers Alloy. And she presented me this script while I was shooting The Perfectionist, oh my gosh, almost three years ago. And we fell in love with it and we've been developing ever since. And I, I'm producing the project alongside them and also starring in and the, and the project also has music. So I'll also take part in writing the music for the film as well, which is really exciting. It's all really, really exciting. It's been so cool to be a part of the behind the scenes of creating a film. I've always wanted to and I've always been super hands-on in everything that I do. So even in Descendants, even though we weren't producers on the film, but I was very much involved in like even certain lines that Evie said I would work with the writers and such. And, you know, just, I love it. And so to be a part of the behind the scenes of this and really bringing the project to life from nothing to this is really, really exciting. Seeing it through all the way from the beginning, which is yeah. very, very cool. And, you know, as you're saying, obviously you're a very passionate person, not even just artist. Uh, and everything you do. So I can imagine kind of that relief of being able to kind of have an official say, even if I'm sure your input's been valued multiple, multiple times in the past, but to actually have a seat at the table and go, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is where it's going kind of thing. What challenges have you had as a, uh, someone on the production team that you you didn't anticipate? I think what, what you said has been the most exciting part of it all, even from the very beginning where I was like, before I became an official producer and I was involved in every single conversation when we were hiring writers to, and I was, you know, it was, it was so cool that my opinion was so respected and I I was so grateful for them because, you know, it's a choice that they make. The biggest challenge has just been, it's been an incredible learning experience. You know, I had to go and pitch the project to multiple companies and be a part of those pitches and kind of see how the, business and finance side of it works along with the creative side of it all so it's been really really cool and really empowering and like you said i think the coolest part has been how how people uh, respect a young woman and what she has to say and the story she wants to tell has been really cool which as it should be but as we know that's not always the reality so it's cool to see times changing you're involved and we do it together as well which is a group that you know yes. is very uh, integral in the equality of women and their involvement both on camera and off camera in film and I, I, I correct me if i'm wrong but it's starting to starting to expand through other medias as well now too correct and the mission statement but as someone that's been involved in that and now you are literally producing and then you know learning how you can better push that movement forward as well. You're just involved in so many things. What um, what are you excited to take back to We Do It Together? I, I'm actually so happy that you brought that up. And I wish I could tell you more about what's going on with me and We Do It Together, <laughs> but I'm sure that we'll be talking about that soon. But we do have a project in the works and Chiara Talisi, who is their founder, she's an extraordinary Italian woman who has literally dedicated her life to fighting for 
female equity in front of the camera, behind the camera, directors, engineers, et cetera. And, you know, she's developing this incredible film that you see on the website called Women's Stories. And it's, you know, different short stories directed by women, starring women from Juliette Binoche to Eva Longoria to Cara Delevingne, Catherine Hardwick. And it's so cool to be a part of this movement with her. And it's whenever I look at the website and I'm, you know, kind of updating myself on what's going on and I read the honorary like the board of ambassadors, which I'm lucky to be a part of. And it's like Glenn Close, Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, Sophia Carson. And I'm like, what am I doing there? So it's, it's amazing. It's incredible what they're doing and the work that is being accomplished. And I'm, I'm just lucky to be a part of it in some small way. I love, I love the gratitude. Not that, you know, it's required. You've earned every bit of this, but it's still, it's cool to see someone in your position, not only actively doing amazing things from an artist standpoint, but also just for the betterment of of society and and social justice as well. And you still uh, are so genuine. So it's, it's very, very, very cool to get a chance to talk to you a little more intimately, get to have some cool conversations, set up our hype situation. Oh yeah. It's happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so into it. And Sophia, thank you so much. He loves me, but the, the new single is out. I'm sure a video is closely following, as well as yes. additional new music, the film projects, the TV projects, everything you're doing with UNICEF. We didn't even touch on the Revlon stuff. Basically, just go Google Sophia Carson <laughs> uh, so you can stay up to date on everything she has going, going on. And it will end on that. You know, UNICEF being such an important thing that you're involved in. If others would like to learn more and potentially get involved, how can they do that? You can go on their website, unicefusa.org, also Twitter, Instagram. I also post quite a lot about it on my page as well, but you can get involved in any in any way, even just by spreading the word. So thank you for that. Sophia, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. Thank you so much. This was such a privilege. See more of this conversation at Spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter. Next week, AJR spouts off. Yes, we are putting carbon into the atmosphere from from being on our tour, and it is a problem, and we're working to address that. But even convincing one one hundredth of the fans that come out to the shows to make a difference in their own community, like the the young woman who made a difference in her school, that's going to have so much more of an effect. Still to come this season on the Spout Podcast: Addison Ray, Luke Bryant, Dixie D'Amelio, and Ed Sheeran. Real life things happen to me that inspired the songs and I feel like you have to take time to let these things happen and actually live and exist and sometimes it's all right to, I was so in the pro the thing of just being like every day I have to work every day I have to achieve something and sometimes right. sometimes your day can just be existing and letting what happens happen be sure to listen to the next spout podcast on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast the spout podcast is presented by alpha media Produced by Gorilla Sound and created by Phil Becker. Spout.